Welcome to Reflections of Darkness. This is your gorgeous drag horror hostess, Evil, coming to you from my lair of eternal damnation. How are all my pod people doing tonight? I hope you're all recovered from New Year's and sticking to those New Year's resolutions. <laughs> I know I'm not. <laughs> uh, one solution you should all be doing is remembering to rate and review the podcast. And also feel free to go rate it on IMDb as well. You can rate the whole podcast, or you can go in and rate individual episodes, you know, that you like or don't like or whatever. Also, just a side note, I know some of you out there are missing some of the opening segments before the movie review, like Read by Evil, Bored to Death, Midnight Musings, and let me assure you, those and some new ones are coming back soon. Well, that's enough of that. Let's jump into some quick reflections. Quick reflection number one, The Attic from 1980. This one was more of a psychological thriller until like the very end, and then it was a bit more horror. The soundtrack was atrocious. The ending was all wrong. There was an interesting movie idea in there, but they just did not do it. I give The Attic three out of ten hot sailors. Quick reflection number two, Mario Baba's Italian Horror Hatchet for the Honeymoon from 1970. It's a weird one, but still very good. The main actor is gorgeous, and the 70s fashion, especially his, are to die for. I mean, I am still thinking about that black and white pattern jumpsuit. You have to watch it just to see that. Uh, it has murder with fancy shiny cleaver. It has a secret room full of mannequins and wedding dresses. It has an annoying dead wife ghost. It's definitely worth a watch, so I give Hatchet for the Honeymoon 8.5 out of 10 terrible drag bride moments. <laughs> Quick reflection number three is Patrick from 1978. Now this is a cool 70s Australian under-the-radar horror. It's a great concept, and I don't want to give away too much because I want you to all go watch it. There's murder, telekinesis, spitting, under-the-cover hard-ons invisible pool monsters. Just go find it. The last time I checked, it was still on YouTube for free. Highly recommend. That's Patrick from 1978. And I give him 9 out of 10 magic typewriters. Well, now I think it's time to jump, leap, or hop into tonight's main feature. <laughs> Enjoy. Tonight I am reviewing Frogs from 1972. So, we open on a swamp, and a very young Sam Elliott canoeing and taking pictures. <laughs> oh my god. I hope you're all ready for me to talk about how hot Sam Elliott is in this movie. He is gorgeous. I bet he was getting more ass than a toilet seat back then. Oh my god. <sighs> anyway, so he is taking pictures of, like, reptiles and gators and frogs. The title card, frogs. It's a great opening with very atmospheric music and those camera shutter clicks are so foreboding. Then we see he starts taking pictures of pollution and trash in the swamp. Hmm. Now, I know I've said this on the past podcast, but the 70s had some really good environmental horror movies like this and Day of the Animals and others. And I feel like there needs to be a resurgence of that with, you know, all the climate change and whatnot. Now would be a great time for some good creature features, like nature revenge, eco-horror movies to come out. 
And now I'll probably get 50 emails saying, well, actually, there have been lots of movies released just last week that deal with that subject. Why haven't you watched them? <laughs> and as always, if you have any comments, questions, or concerns, please feel free to message me on any of my socials. And all that info is over at evilqueensf.com. <laughs> <laughs> Back to the movie. Uh, we cut to someone in a speedboat tearing around while drinking cans of Budweiser and acting like a complete douche. And we find out the douche's name is Clint, of course. And he almost runs right over Sam Elliott. If it turns at the last second because of the girl in the boat is actually paying attention. But sadly, Sam's canoe flips over and he's all wet. So Clint pulls up and instead of apologizing, just starts saying, well, canoes aren't very stable. So Sam just yanks him into the lake. <laughs> That's what you get, douche boy. Wow, Sam Elliott is hot, wet, too. <laughs> Steamy, if you will. Mm. So they tow Sam's canoe, and we find out that his name is Pickett Smith, which is a crap name. Sorry to any Pickets out there. But for the rest of this podcast, I'm just going to call him Sam. And the woman in the boat is played by 70s, 80s actress Joan Van Ark. And her name is Karen. Cut to a white supremacist dream house and a bunch of white people in various shades of beige and an old man in a wheelchair watching the boat come in with binoculars. As they dock the boat, we start to see little glimpses of frogs watching them while ribbiting or chirping or whatever noise a frog makes. Wow, the subject of frog noises. How riveting. <laughs> That's terrible. <laughs> okay. So they get out of the boat, and what the hell is Karen wearing? It's like a yellow half bodysuit, half polo shirt. I've never seen anything like it, thankfully. Ugh. So they invite Sam to their family lunch and games on, I guess, their private island that just reeks of yuppie, privileged, elitist bullshit. So as they're walking up to the house, it's all misty and southern gothic. This part's really well shot. Uh, so Clint tells Karen to show Sam to his room to clean up and get some dry clothes. I get really gay vibes off of Clint. And it's not just the turtleneck he's wearing either. <laughs> we get more frog noises, chirps, rivets, whatever. So Sam meets the patriarch of the family, Jason Crockett, with the worst toupee. And also the gay vibe-giving cousin, Michael. Before Sam can go clean up and dry off, Mr. Crockett has something to say. Mr. Smith, I saw you out on the lake early this morning. You've been paddling around this island for hours, taking pictures. Yes, sir. Don't you know it's against the law? Grandpa. No, sir, I didn't. There's a sign out there that says private property. Who are you with, anyway? I'm a freelance photographer. I'm doing a pollution layout for an ecology magazine. Take any pictures of frogs lately? I saw the biggest bullfrog this morning. This big! Damn creatures are everywhere! Croak all night. Well, you know I sent Grover out to take care of that. Mr. Smith, you happen to see a man spraying in that small bay on the North Shore? Lady, all this man has got to change out of his wet clothes. Grover's not back yet. He'll be back, Kevin. Uh-oh, sounds like Grover might be in trouble. Foreshadowing? <laughs> Sam tries to call his editor, and they find that the phone is dead. Bum-bum-bum. Then we meet the rest of the quote-unquote family. Clint's wife, Jenny, who seems like a complete drag. Meh. Nutty Aunt Iris, who's in the most amazing caftan. 
cousin Kenneth and Bella, who is this stunning black woman in this amazing outfit. Ugh. Welcome to Crockett Land. Hi. Not quite awake yet, Mr. Pickett, but I can hardly wait to see what you look like. Then there's this weird homoerotic moment with Clint and Sam in Clint's bedroom, and Sam is looking great with no shirt on and those jeans. Ugh. So then we cut to more frogs, then Kenneth taking pictures of Bella in the Rose Garden. We find out that she's a model, of course, she's gorgeous. Now it's lunchtime, and this is a scene. It's a pastel white beige overload. Ugh. Then we get some frog talk. You see many frogs along the shore, Mrs. Smith? Yes, sir, a few. More than you'd consider usual? I guess so, but sometimes I have a summer like this. Animals overpopulate. They'll die off by next year. You sound like you might be an ecology expert, are you? Yes, sir, to an extent. Well, you see, I have an impatient family. They can't wait till next year. How do they get rid of the frogs now? Well, it seems like everyone in our family's hung up on frogs. They really do keep us awake every night. Those of us who don't consume a fifth of vodka every night, that is. How do we get rid of them? I have suggested pouring oil on the water to choke them off. That would help, wouldn't it, Mr. Smith? Yeah, but you'd be killing a lot of other things at the same time. Make my home smell like a refinery. Well, I can't sleep. It's not the end of the world, Jenny. Well, it seems so. And with all our technology and all my money, we still can't get rid of these frogs. Interesting, isn't it? Yes, sir, it is. She'll think of something. Well, I suggest you do me a favor. Go take a good look round. Come back, give me an honest report. So I can quieten down this nervous group. All right. You have a deal. Good. Side note, Sam Elliott is gorgeous, but his voice is sexy as fuck. Oh, my God. <sighs> so after lunch, Sam is back in his denim shirt and jeans and is about to leave when Mr. Crockett wants to have a word with him alone to ask him to look out for his man, Grover, who went to spray poison earlier. And I had to watch this scene a couple times, because at first I didn't even hear words with how tight Sam's pants are and what's snaking down one side. <laughs> I've said it before, and I'll say it again. Tight jeans need to come back. And I'm not talking skinny jeans that are tight around your, like, calves. I mean tight from the knees up. <sighs> Enough of that for now. <laughs> so we see Sam walking around in the woods and he sees a bunch of dead reptiles and a bird and a can of poison, more dead frogs, snakes, ominous music. Then he sees a jeep off in the brush. Oops, looks like Grover didn't make it and he's covered in snakes. Ugh. Sam flips him over and he looks rough for only having been there for a few hours. Great makeup effect though. So Sam drives the Jeep back up to the house, and now it's nighttime, and the frogs are in full chorus all around the house. In the house, a bunch of rich people are talking about taxes, and Bella is looking stunning in this white gown with this long jewelry. Sam talks to Mr. Crockett and tells him about Grover as the frogs start trying to get into the house. They're just bumping into the windows. It's weird. They hear a scream, and it's a snake in the chandelier right over the dinner table. So, of course, Mr. Crockett just takes out his gun and shoots it right over the dinner table. Then Mr. Crockett says, let's eat. Did I mention this was filmed in Florida? Not that you couldn't have guessed. Ugh. 
Then a little talk with Mr. Crockett and Sam about the main theme of this movie. Frogs attacking windows, snakes and chandeliers. Those aren't exactly normal things, Mr. Crockett. I don't think there's much to worry about. I'm sure I can get the state to spray some pesticides. Yes, sir, I'm sure you can. You can kill a hell of a lot of other things, too. Mr. Smith, fact is where you and I part company. I still believe man is master of the world. Does that mean he can't live in harmony with the rest of it? You call that horrible racket out there harmonious? Mr. Crockett, I know it sounds strange as hell, but what if nature were trying to get back at us? <laughs> Nonsense. Then how do you explain it? We just sit and wait. They keep talking about how the frogs are driving them crazy and the noise, and all I can think is, when the hell were earplugs invented? Or just shove some cotton in your ears, or turn on some music, I don't know. Damn, whiny-ass rich people anyway. Outside, Sam and Karen are sitting chatting about Sam's career as a photographer. Then Karen heads in, and Sam stays out listening to the frogs. Cut to the next morning, and more frog shots, and it's breakfast on the patio time, and it's Mr. Crockett's birthday, and the 4th of July. Huh. I should have saved this one for the 4th of July episode. Oh well. Then a little flirting between Karen and Sam. I nearly came by your room last night. Why didn't you? The floorboards creaked too much. I'm sorry Jason Crockett doesn't keep his floorboards in better condition. I liked talking to you last night. We'll have to do more of it. Girl, please. Floorboards be damned. I'd be swinging from the light fixtures to get to his room. Ugh. Now we get reptile shots spliced in with shots of the family decorating and setting up for the party. Very Yankee Doodle Dandy Southern Fried Chic. Uh, Bella comes out in this gorgeous colorful outfit with matching hat. I'm obsessed with her. I just, I just can't. Uh, they send the gay cousin Michael out to find the downed power lines, or I'm sorry, downed phone lines. But what is he supposed to do about it? Is he a phone line repairman? I don't think so. Not in those outfits. So Sam starts talking about how Mr. Crockett overdid it with the pesticides. So Sam starts walking into the woods again, and everything is hissing and rattling at him. Oh, look, Michael stops to shoot at some birds for some reason. Then he walks off into the woods, and there's this ominous music playing. And for some reason, he starts running and stumbles and shoots himself in the leg. Now, how the hell did he even do that? Ugh, then there are all these fucking tarantulas everywhere. And he's writhing in pain and screaming. Then he gets covered in moss and tarantulas and dies. So the tarantulas just throw all this moss on him with webs and tie him down. Bye-bye, gay cousin Michael. Then the eccentric aunt goes out into the woods with her big net, looking for a rare butterfly that she saw earlier. Cut to cousin Kenneth in the greenhouse, looking for some cymbidiums. Side note, this greenhouse is crawling with tons of lizards, and apparently a lizard that can close doors. I think Kenneth is in trouble, because not only can they close doors, but they know what chemicals to knock over to make poison gas that only affects poor cousin Kenneth. Bye-bye, Kenneth. <laughs> Mr. Crockett is a little delusional, and the family seems to be dwindling. Clint, get me out of here. Clint, keep your wife quiet. Grandfather, something terrible is happening. You be quiet. 
Mr. Crocker, we all know how important your plans are to you. You couldn't possibly know. We're going ahead with this celebration today just as I planned, just as I've celebrated all my life. Nothing's going to stop it. Cut to Sam heading to the greenhouse and finding Kenneth dead. And Bella sees it too and tells the rest of the family, and they all head inside as the frogs start advancing on the house. Cut to the ant, deep in the foggy woods, looking for the butterfly, and the uncle that was sent to find her. The ant finally starts to get freaked out by all the wildlife, and turns to run away, only to get tangled in the brush and fall into a puddle. And then she's covered in leeches. Ugh! So she starts running some, and she's all bloody and wet, and finally gets bit by a rattlesnake and dies. Bye-bye, nutty, eccentric ant. Side note, if you go on YouTube and watch the trailer for Frogs, you actually see the ant die in a different way. Originally, she was supposed to drown in quicksand, but they changed it to where she gets bit by a rattlesnake. It's so weird that they kept that in the trailer, though. Anyway, now on to the uncle and the alligator that's following him, and then he forces him into a lake with more alligators. He wrestles with a big one, but he loses. Bye-bye, uncle. Back in the house, Mr. Crockett won't be sensible and wants to keep on his party schedule. Grandpa, I think that we've got to, we've, we've just got to get out of here. About Mike, Iris, and Stuart. When we get help, then we can find out now what's happening. Now listen to me, all of you. I'm just as heartbroken over this tragedy as any of you. But there's plenty of time later to do what has to be done. Later? Why wait, Grandpa? What difference will Because I won't let anything interfere with today's schedule. Not anything. Year ends and the year begins. Always has and always will. Always? What do you mean, always? I'm not interested in what you think. So Mr. Crockett tells Clint to take those who want to leave, Bella and Maybelle and Charles, across the lake. And as they're on the lake, it looks deserted everywhere. There are no boats, there are no people, nothing. Nothing except for frogs and reptiles everywhere. Then the birds start freaking out. Clint's boat rope gets uh, chewed loose by some big reptile and floats away. So Clint starts swimming towards it and gets bit by a snake but keeps swimming. As Jenny, his wife, runs towards the lake on the other side. And just as Clint gets to the boat, he gets bit again and this time he goes down. Just as Jenny starts to wade into the lake, like, what is she going to do, jump out there? But she gets stuck in the mud, and a big snapping turtle slowly starts heading towards her. <laughs> and I guess she gets killed, but we don't see it. Killed by a turtle? What a way to go. What a very slow way to go. <laughs> well, she wasn't a very happy person anyway. Now it's just the two kids, Sam, Karen, and Mr. Crockett. And Mr. Crockett is so stupid. The Crockett's are staying. Grandpa, after all that's happened today, do you think it makes any difference whether we stay? I'm staying and you're staying. But don't you understand? I, I can't let the children stay. And I can't let you stay either. If anyone gives orders in this house, I do. Now, if you want to disobey me, all right, go ahead. I thought you at least were different. I thought you had the Crockett strength, the guts. But if you want to leave, go. Go on, get the hell out of here. Just stand up and be counted. That means are you with me or against me? You understand? So they all leave and Mr. Crockett stays. Happy birthday, you stubborn old goat. So they run to the dock and see Jenny's body under a turtle and some crabs. 
So they all get in Sam's canoe and paddle out onto the lake. But of course, the canoe snags on something, so Sam has to take off his shirt. Oh, I'm sure to put all the creatures in a trance. I know it works on me. <laughs> I won't bite hard. <laughs> anyway, he jumps in to free the canoe as a snake drops on him from the trees. He throws it off, he frees the canoe, and then starts beating the water snakes with the oar. Gets back in the canoe, all wet and shirtless. Ugh. And they paddle off, just waiting for Jason to pop up. Oh no, wait, that's a different movie. <laughs> nope, this time it's an alligator, so Sam just shoots it. Easy. They make it to the dock on the other side of the lake where the other people were before. They find their luggage dropped, but no bodies. Well, no bodies that we can see anyway. So they flag down a passing car, a giant green station wagon, and we learn that whatever is happening seems to be not just on the island, but other places as well. Did your car break down? No, it's a long story. Thanks for stopping. Well, we're headed for Jefferson City. I just picked my son up at camp. Hi, I'm Bobby. Hi. We've been on this road for practically three hours straight, and you're the first souls we've seen in an hour. It seems very strange that everybody's disappeared inside on a holiday. Back at the house, the frogs are breaking the windows and getting in. One jumps on the record player, turning it off, as Mr. Crockett looks at all of his trophies on the wall, looking back at him. And he's scared. But the phone rings. It's working. But there's no one there. Is it the frogs crank calling him? <laughs> the frogs are filling up the house, getting louder and louder. Then a bunch of random animal sounds, and Mr. Crockett croaks. <laughs> I'm guessing from a heart attack. And then all the lights in the house go out. The end. Then there's just some riveting chirping over the end credits. But if you wait till the end, there's a little animated frog that hops on screen with a hand in his mouth. And he swallows it, and then hops off. <laughs> and... This is the first time I've ever noticed that. I guess I've never let it run all the way past the credits. But it was so funny. So weird. <laughs> now, last week, I realized I forgot to do the list with no name at the end of the episode. But I have remembered for this week. And yes, I'm still trying to figure out a name. So if you have any suggestions for the name of the list with no name, feel free to message me at any of my socials, and you can find all that info over at evilqueensf.com. <laughs> so here's the list. Number one, best kill. Uh, asphyxiation by lizard knocking over just the right chemicals in the greenhouse. Uh, two, hottest guy. Um, hello, Sam motherfucking Elliot. Uh, three, pick two other movies to go with this one to make the perfect movie night. Well, we could go eco-horror and do Day of the Animals, Frogs, and the third, I don't know, it would be hard because you could do like something super crappy like Birdemic, or you could do something really classic like The Birds. Um, so I'm going to leave that third spot open because you could fill it with, you know, any number of things, if you, how you want to end the night. High note, low note, something you don't really want to watch, but it's on. You know. Uh, number four, best scare. Now, there's not a lot of scares really in this one, but I guess the snake falling on Sam Elliott near the end. Yeah, it's a little jumpy. Uh, number five, if it doesn't already have a sequel, would you want one? 
it doesn't have one. But I think they were kind of setting up for one with that uh, animal revenge eco-horror revolution was not just on Crockett Island, but on the mainland as well. So they could have told a whole different story with different people and animals set on the same day. Six, special effects rating. Pretty good. The dead guy Grover looked pretty dead and the practical effects with the reptiles were great. Uh, the stock uh, footage of the birds was crap, but other than that, it was pretty good. Number seven, kill count. It's either eight or 11. I only say or because we don't actually know what happened to Bella, Maybell, and Charles. We just see Bella's suitcase, but eight for sure, 11 probably. Eight, what made evil laugh? That little animated frog at the end of the credits. <laughs> Number nine, best dressed. Bella, no question, no doubt, she was stunning. Ten, worst dress. I'm gonna say Karen. Some of her outfits were fucking loony. Eleven, Parent's Guide of Profanity from IMDb. It's a mild rating. You've got damn, ass, and hell. That's it. <laughs> Number twelve, unanswered questions. Was it the pollution that started this? What happened to Bella, Mabel, and Charles? Was this happening everywhere or just an area in Florida? How did Sam Elliott fit it all in his jeans? <laughs> um, <laughs> number 13, my favorite question. How to make this movie a drinking game? Well, I can't say every time you see a frog or you die of alcohol poisoning. <laughs> but you could take a shot every time someone says, the sound of frog is driving me crazy. Uh, take a drink whenever someone dies, and maybe take a shot every time they try to use the phone and it still isn't working. <laughs> well, that was Frogs from 1972. Like I've said before, this is a great 70s eco-revenge creature feature horror movie. Sam Elliott makes it even better. Mm -mm -mm. It's definitely worth a watch. Don't forget to rate and review the podcast on whatever platform you're listening on. And feel free to send me any comments, questions, concerns on any of my socials. And all that info is over at evilqueensf.com. Well, that's enough reptile horror for me tonight. As always, keep watching scary movies. Ribbit, ribbit. <laughs> Bye-bye. I tell you that a week out here would be something else? Do you find it a little weird for a middle-aged lady to chase butterflies? <laughs> Honey, if that's a thing, I do believe she's entitled. Me, myself, I just never had the energy to run after anything. <laughs>